It's been a long time it's since been, we did why it. Why has it been so long, Billy? I think we're starting to get busy in our oh, in our personal shit. lives. I don't want to get busy. Yeah, no, I just want to do the podcast. We talked about it earlier. We need a sponsor out there. And we talked about um, money. And uh, we need a sponsor that's going to give us uh, about $75,000 each. So we don't a have piece. to do it. A yeah. piece. Yeah, each. Yeah, tax, a piece. That's after tax. Exactly. That's after tax. And we need this money so that we don't have to do anything. Yes, ASAP. You're listening to Roadie, the Billy and Ben podcast. Welcome to episode 11, the penultimate episode for series one. I think we have a great show today. Well, we definitely have a great show today because um, a guest that we've been teasing for a long time. Yeah. Uh is on granny judy aka my mum it's been a long time coming finally so that's exciting because i get to put the hard word on ask some of the tough questions and hopefully she says some really nice things about me your mom yeah you're gonna put pressure on her oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I should say we're not just getting yeah. my mom on the show to say how good i am or you know that um you know that she's proud of me and stuff like that there's actually a reason she's written a children's book and she's self-published it and it's out. And there's also a video that I made with Brian, who's been on previous episodes, well, he's been mentioned. If you're interested to hear where I get any talent whatsoever from, and it was a great interview, Billy, because it's already happened when we're recording this after. So I know, I know how it ends and it ends well. It was great. Uh, I had a good time doing the interview and it turns out i bought two of the books you did uh yes uh last week i bought two copies uh, i'm gonna give one to a good friend of mine and i'm gonna keep one for myself because it's beautifully illustrated and uh it's a great story and and i really enjoy doing an interview with your mom finally talk about a recap leave no gaps what happened in last week's show. Well, Billy, we might have to change the title to last month's show. I can tell you that a regular Steve was happy with this new theme. He said, loved it. More and more stories are coming out. I remember the film you did with your mate. Loved the new regular Steve intro. Boom. Yeah. I like yeah. the regular Steve intro as well. I was trying to go for a sort of public enemy, regular Steve sort of yeah. vibe. It had that sort of framework, that sort of idea, but of course you didn't sound like Chuck D, but... What if I went to, like, uh, you know, the $2 shop and I got an alarm clock and I put it around my, you know, <laughs> on a chain around my neck? Yeah, but you're not black, so that would kind of it's be It's not going to work, okay. No, no, you, you know, you got to be, like, flavor flavor you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. No, I just look like a, a sort of nerdy... Jewish guy with an alarm clock. Why is that guy wearing an alarm clock? Okay, then it won't work. No. I've got an update on the wedding video. I actually finished the wedding video. And okay. it looks really good. I think it was worth the wait. It was a beautiful day for my friend Amanda's wedding by the ocean down oh. in a place called Torquay. And um, I think it looks fantastic. I think it was worth the wait. I think three years isn't. A ridiculous amount of time considering you're going to be married for you know hopefully 50 years it's outrageously late um and i you know i sent her some usbs and um it's done i can't believe that you know it's finished i think i think it's great man because it they make they could be in a situation where they may have to look at themselves again and reinstate their their relationship and see mm. You know, uh, that day was very special for him. And, and mm. let's, let's, let's look at it and, and, and relive it again. I got a few uh, comments from uh, a friend of mine and uh, privately. And she mm. had mentioned, she goes, Bill, you're dynamite. But that guy been boring. Really? I did. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I and and I, I immediately got ready to slap them through the phone. She thought I was boring. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I know. But then again, I said this is why the show is good because there's the yin and the yang, yeah. and the yang can actually be a good process. You know, within the situation, there has to be one guy that does this and the other guy that does. You know, I don't know why I'm amused that. by that, Billy. I think it's hilarious that um, she thinks that I'm boring. Well, I don't really think she. I think the tempo that you use may sound boring to some people. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because it is a part of the show. It is why it is so good. It's mm-hmm. because you do. Because I am a, boring. Well, hell no, you're not boring. No. No, you're not boring at all. It just happens. Some people have to listen to what you say. Can I share something with you, Billy? I had someone say to me, Ben, you're really good. You make the show happen. But Billy, he doesn't shut up. He just talks. And, you know, they thought that they they said that I don't need you. What do you you think of that? I think that. We need each other, and I do talk a lot, yes. but then that's when you shoot me down like the Red Baron, and I, and I go down in, in flames, and I have to be quiet and, and, uh, and listen and, and revamp and figure out, hey, I'm talking too much. Well, I know that my brother listened to it once again, and he's actually volunteered himself up to be a guest on future episodes, so... Um, you know, just for those who haven't, who don't, just for those who aren't familiar with his, you know, my brother, you know, very dry sense of humor, sort of taught me, you know, a few things like, hey, if someone wants a drink of a drink of water, you pour it for them, but you take like 30 to 40 seconds pouring it as slowly as possible and just watch the glass, you know, you know, slowly. And watch... Glass. And actually have a look at them while you're doing Make it. eye contact with them. But also, you know, things like when I was, you know, when I was a kid, I was making videos. My first videos, I'd say to my brother, oh, I'm, I'm, can you watch this video? You know, I want you to watch this video that I made. And he would say, am I in it? And I'd be like, no. Or he'd say, well, I don't want to watch it then. So I knew that for me to get an audience with him, I would have to get him in the video. There you go. That's hilarious. Now, see, people say you're boring. I think that's great for you to say that. Now, your brother's like, well, if I'm not in it, I could give a crap. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to have him on the show. So he'll actually be a part of something now that you're yeah. uh, doing. He's going to be in season two because we have a lot of, you know, important guests coming up. So, Billy, people may be noticing a different sound from both of us at the start of this episode because basically you've upgraded your setup. Yes, I was forced to. uh, Forced upgrade. Yeah, forced upgrade. And that's what, you know, life is all about. Sometimes you don't want to change. And then all of a sudden life makes you change because... Well, it's sounding great, Billy. Yeah, we're kind of on the same level now. And I, I did actually... I was sort of, I was sort of in two minds about it because I felt oh no now Billy has upgraded his voice he's going to sound better than me and you know <laughs> just due to my lack of talent and stuff compared to your natural talent before I thought well at least I got an edge with this microphone see this is what's wrong with the world today nobody wants you to come up to their level uh-huh you know, like a rich person's like, oh, I don't want him to pull up on me with a Mercedes because I got a Mercedes. Well, first and of all, you did it with a car. I you did. got a newer Camry than me. Um, I got I got over that pretty quickly. I don't even remember being it. I think I was happy for you just because your other car was like. You know, it, it's good because that's what helps push people in life. And if you don't get jealous or you don't get, oh, well, well, you know, now he's. He's up to you know my speed. You're gonna go. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do better, and then I'm you not, do better. I'm not gonna you know? try and do better because like this is as good as I can do, like with the mic and stuff. I mean, it's good that I'm at this level. You know, it um, sounds great. We both sound good. And, and before I used to sound a bit like I was on a on the telephone 
Yeah, you did. Sound, it still sounded good. It was like a Sennheiser set, but um, at least now when you're talking to guests, you don't have a, a, a clothes peg on your hat holding it in the microphone. It did look a bit. It know, did. It did look a bit it ghetto. I don't know what's happened to my brain. We might have to hire somebody else to uh, come along and and and, mm. and do stuff like that. Maybe we need a side a sidekick, uh, receptionist, secretary, writer. Yes, because we're we're gonna we're gonna get busy with our um, um, personal projects that we do outside of uh, the show. So we may have to hire someone to uh, actually analyze and put things in perspective for us. We could even hire someone to do the actual show for us. We've also been out on some jobs and these are actually not my jobs but i've been working for you yeah that's a a flip what's it been like to have me as a an assistant for you guys it's been a privilege and of course you know my partner in crime um who got us the jobs uh she's a hustler and she really appreciated you uh, being there uh, just for uh, made her confident knowing that uh, someone there was qualified and, and did things quickly and set us up. We did try and do some sort of on the some roadie on the on the set. How did that work out? Well, let's have a listen to that now. On the uh, on the location for the first time, on an actual job, Roadie. with Billy's job. How are we going here today, Billy? We're doing spectacularly great at this point. We're all set up, ready to go for three o'clock. Um, it's been a, a, a pleasure uh, coming out early in the morning and, and uh, setting things up. And of course, Ben, the master of uh, camera um, adjustments, has uh, come through once again. For the team. T- tweaking it He's like good. it's real. What about he, Brian? How good is Brian's hair looking today? It is looking good. Karen was making, uh, she, she made it, uh, a statement about how handsome he is. She and, did. She did. And, and uh, I said it's the hair. It is. The, well, that's definitely it's part of hair. it. It's the hair, Brian. How old is Brian? I think Brian's um, uh, 43 or 44. And he's got the hair of a 22-year-old. No. He's older than me. I think he's, he's still got it going on. We need to find a secret. We need to probably get some of his DNA. Yeah. And find out how we can use that DNA. Okay. To, 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 you I'll know, go and do that right now. Maybe put some you, embryos or something like that. Do you need me to get anything else from the cafe? Uh, just coffee for me and just... um. I don't know, just get some bag of chips or something, a little chips for me. Just in the okay. Oh, right. 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 thanks, Billy. Sparkling. Brian, do you have anything to say? Anything to say? Bloody hell. We'll get it done yet. Well, who's that? This is for the podcast. Oh, okay. No, we're still doing lighting and uh, we're just, you know, getting in there. I'm going to go to the cafe. So, Billy, that was uh, real life, real job. You could probably hear the uh, intensity, the concentration in our voices. It was actually good going out on these shoots. We were doing a bit of, uh, I call it auto cue, which is basically the brand name for teleprompter. And, Billy, I've never seen, like normally, you know what it's like doing teleprompter with people. It takes them a while to get it. If anyone, well, everyone knows what a teleprompter is, but basically to describe it is it's a piece of glass that is uh, a certain, it's called beam splitter glass, and it reflects whatever is uh, laying underneath it flat, in this case like an iPad with the text on it, but it's reversed. So when it goes on the glass, it's right side up. Behind, yeah. So reading from this is, is actually quite difficult. I've, you know, professionally done it, not reading yeah. it, but I've controlled it for people. And you have a little, a little wheel and you can go faster or slower and all this sort of stuff. That's actually yeah, someone's job, auto cue operator or tele, yeah. And these kids 
got on it, I was saying to them, look, it's going to take you some time to get it. Just don't stress. You know, these kids got it in like two seconds, right? So then like every person that was over 50 was just like, oh, I can't get the, oh, it's jumped to the end. Oh, oh, it's, it's, how do I make it faster? How do I make it slower? And it's like, they've got a little remote control and it's just like, they just didn't, they just did not get it. And these kids, I was just so impressed. They just got on it, got it done. And they were like pros, Billy. They didn't, they were pros in front of the camera. They do it without fear. And I Mm -hmm. think as you get older, you lose confidence and you fear uh, failure. And I noticed with young kids, and I've taken it myself, you know, just from my daughter and some, you know, younger kids, that they don't have that feeling of, of failure. They just do it and they, and they, and they say, you know, I'll, I'll wait for the outcome. And most of the time, 97% of the time, it will work for you. But if you hesitate and doubt yourself, it, 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 it chews you up. And, and the young kids that we were working with, you know, they're in the primary of their life and they don't hesitate. They just push the button and go, oh, well, I'll see what happens. Billy Health Update. Billy Health Update. Involving a 60-year-old male at an all-you-can-eat buffet. Okay, this is a new segment called Billy Health Update. And if you were listening to the last episode, I took the um, took it on myself, took the the uh, the opportunity to send Billy for an ECG because I was a bit concerned. So, Billy, how did you go with the ECG? Well, it actually went well, thanks to you. You know, I, I, you mentioned I should get my heart checked, and, yes. and I did. I went and had a, uh, a ECG, I think they call it, and the doctor recommended that I have a blood test. And it turns out I'm a type 2 diabetic, man. Now, that was some big news. How did you deal with that announcement? It hit me hard, but it was good that I checked in because, you know, if I keep on doing what I'm doing, it's not going to look good for me. And then, you know, I won't be able to do the podcast. You know, obviously you've had to make a few changes in your diet and stuff since then. We've discussed it a bit. Tell us what you're doing now that's different. Well, I'm not eating Doritos, not having uh, um, sugar in my coffee. Um, I'm just not having a lot of things that I had just without blatantly just eating it and not thinking about it now i have to think about it now billy i've actually taken uh you know my birthday as a indicator that i need to get a bit more serious about my health and uh, i'm starting on this diet with you actually you didn't know that but um i'm committing to it on this show a diet yeah i've eaten enough chocolate and chips and lollies and stuff like i'm good i know what that stuff's about and now you know i'm ready to live like a monk i guess you know there won't be much enjoyment in my life but hey at least i'll be healthy right yeah you will and at the end of the day you know you'll you'll feel better too so billy would you say that i really deserve credit and even some sort of award perhaps some physical medal or something for saving your life yes just the common words you know i think you should go have an ekg or whatever it was and that sent me to the doctor and the doctor said yeah you need a blood test and i'm like okay and he tested me and found out my blood sugar levels were like out of this world and it was unnecessary i think i was at 17 and you're supposed to be like around six Okay, well, this is making me feel good about, you know, my uh, sort of side hustle as an unofficial doctor, you know, medical enthusiast, we'll, we'll call it. And yeah. uh, it's going to be great to see how we're both going to go on the next episode. But thank you for sharing that with us, Billy. Yeah, your inspiration to me, and, you know, you inspired me to, to do more. Well, thank you, Billy. And um, I guess I'll, I'll look into getting this medal made or something like that and send you the, the invoice. Now, see, this is where it gets out of control. I didn't really want to say, you know, that you deserve the medal, but yeah, you do. Okay. I'll make, I'll make one up. I'll make a cummerbund. You can have one of those What's things a like a box that goes around your waist with a big medal on it. You know, like a, like when you win the super belt 
heavyweight championship. Is that what and that's called? It's a it's a cummerbund. Oh. But it's got a medal on it and it's it's a sign of of victory. Are you a fan of Hollywood films? Would you like to make your own film but can't afford Hollywood actors? Why not consider Billy Higgins for your next movie role? The following audio is a real example of Billy doing some famous Hollywood movies for cheap. Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, I killed them motherfuckers and I'd do it again. Motherfuckers. President Barack Obama. Uh, Ben, did you know dogs go wacko? Dogs go wacko for smackos, but unfortunately not for my Medicare plan. Obama as concerned father. Uh, Malia, your mother and I realize that you will be dating soon and what we don't want is for you to bring home a kiddo superstar rapper named Little Nas, okay? Mike Tyson. I wouldn't stop talking, I talk too much. But hold on a minute, I'm not finished yet. Ronald Reagan. Well, now Nancy, I know you're a little upset. Jerry Seinfeld. What's going on here? I don't believe it. This happens all the time. Matt, you be, I better do that one, Billy. I think you should. Generic white guy. I'm really getting into beekeeping now and I've only been stung about 150 times. Jim Carrey type. Somebody stop me. I was still working on this one. Obnoxious chirpy work colleague at 9.15 on a Monday morning. Morning team, it's so good to be back at work. <laughs> oh, f this asshole. Word. As you can hear, these impressions are indistinguishable from the real thing and can save you money, time and stress on your next production. So why not try Billy Higgins Hollywood movies for cheap for your next production? Oh, motherfucker! Imagine if we visited Shakespeare and we said, we're from the future. And he said, please, you know, give me some of your best poetry and lyrics and all this sort of stuff. And I, I showed him this and it's like, I got a feeling that tonight's going to be a good night. That tonight's going to be a good night. That tonight's going to be a good night. Good night, a feeling. That tonight's going to be a good night. That tonight's going to be a good night. It just keeps going. That tonight's going to be a good night. Tonight's the night. Let's live it up. I got my money. Let's spend it up. Go out and smash it like, oh my God, jump out that sofa. Let's kick it off. I think he would understand why Donald Trump was president for four years. <laughs> yes, he would. Hey, Ben. Yes, Billy. How's the acting class going? Uh, well, I was just actually teaching the class today, Billy. Um, I just happened to be recording some of it secretly on my phone. Did you want to have a listen? Yeah, man, I've been waiting. Okay. Now, if anyone wants my autograph, come and see me after class. How much are you charging? Two dollars. I got that much. Plus handling fees for you, Theo. Characterizations first. My teacher that taught me, the great Joel Marshall, as he taught me, characterizations first. Characterization last. Any questions, class? How come all Ben's characters have a limp? Why the limp? Ah, Theo. Theo! Very perceptive of you, Theo. Very perceptive. 
Well, the limp, Theo. Well, it is a sign of a good actor, not only to develop the auditory response, but the physical as well. <laughs> but every character? Hmm. How dare you, Theo, question my techniques? How old are you, Theo? I'm old enough to speak my own mind. Theo, I've been teaching this class for 20 years. That's longer than you've been alive. You try teaching a class to these losers like you and you see what you come up with. Any questions non-limp related? No, no, I, I, yeah, okay. I thought so. Okay, class. The next thing we're going to do is everyone pretends to be a tree. Okay, Billy, so we've been building this up for a few weeks. Uh -huh. And uh, we've got a special guest on today. If this person didn't exist, neither would I. So, Billy, can you tell who, who I've got on from that? Of course. It's been a while. We've been talking about it. And it happens to be your favorite mom. My favorite and only mom. Welcome to the show, mom. <laughs> Thanks. I'm excited and nervous. <laughs> That's exactly where we want you, mom, to get the tough questions that we're going to get on. Now, we've, we've had a, a lot of excitement anticipating this, and I think there's quite a few people that want to get, get the dirt on me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. Can you tell us who's your favourite child that has a podcast? <laughs> you're putting me in a difficult spot here, but I think you're the only um, kid I have that has a podcast. So right. I think I can say you're the one, Ben. <laughs> okay, I'm going to accept that and, you know, I might have to quote out of context. I'm the one, <laughs> Billy, did you hear? I, I heard that and I just wanted to ask you um, about... Uh, Ben, what was he like as a child? He was always a very cute, friendly kid, um, very curious about things and um, always very creative from a young age. He was into the music, um, piano, drums, trumpets. Um, ah. And he was always um, playing around outside. Yeah. One of those kids who just amused himself and also other people... Um, really liked him too. Yeah, he had it's, lots of friends. It's funny how <laughs> things haven't changed. <laughs> this is a great endorsement. I, I didn't know that. I oh, thought yeah. you would have said he was pretty naughty at times. Uh, no, you weren't naughty. Okay. You, you were curious. You, yes. You, you liked to um, um, do stuff and look into things. You weren't a naughty kid. Right. No, I can't remember that. I remember being curious one time when you went out and you had that big shoe cupboard. And then I got into the shoe cupboard and I put on a pair of your heels and I walked, I did a walk in the heels just to be, you know, just. That would have been hilarious. One of my favorite photos of you as a little kid is you in that Batman costume, Ben. Do you oh, remember yes. that photo? I remember that day. You used to wear that Batman suit a lot. Yeah. I have a pretty clear memory of that day going to David's, Sunday school and then I think yeah. I I yelled something out I think I yelled out I'm Batman okay yeah. <laughs> I think Batman had just made the big resurgence right yeah with the younger generation so uh -huh. um that was um why you love that costume now I've got a bit of an update here so this here is from go. this morning is Judy and Joni and Judy and Joni Last week I talked to you about this book. It's called When Joni Came to Stay. Ben Gervich's huh? mom wrote it and he helped. He also was part of the machinery that made that book and it's a great book about this cat. But I, for some reason, decided to just say that the cat passed away. I don't know what I was thinking. I was like, this is a good tribute. This book is a good tribute to this cat uh, Joni, but it turns out the cat's not dead. The cat's only like four years old. 
Um, so yeah, so this cat is alive and well, and the book, you can go you know, Google uh, When Joni Came to Stay and check it out. That's my endorsement. It's super good. That's nice. Yeah. That photo is that of a cat with you sitting on the couch with a cat. That's Joni. Oh, so it's yeah. really a true story, as it you is. said. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's Joni. Um, yeah, a few okay. years ago <laughs> when she came to stay. <laughs> so in, in saying that, so what made you decide to write this book? I've always loved writing and I've always wanted to publish children's stories. And um, I've never had the time to really do it properly. Um, I've got one story that's been sitting there for 40 years, actually. That's about oh. Rachel, um, Ben's sister, who hated having her hair washed. Um, and that's one that's just been sitting on the back burner there because what's held me up has been the um, illustrations and figuring out how to do those. And, um, yeah, it's just something... I just love doing. I love playing around with words. And, and, and when I think about a story, it just jumps into my head and I can see it there all finished. When I actually read it and watched you talk about it and you read it, I was fascinated. My daughter was fascinated. And just by the way that you expressed the 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 story and the way you brought it to life, mm. and it, <laughs> it's you. a simple it's a it was a simple like let's say uh, uh, example of what people really go through and what the cat went through, and we also go through <laughs> it, and it was related, <laughs> you know, for both you know for both kids can learn something yeah. from it, and also adults. There's something there for adults yeah. also. I think so, yeah. I think those simple ideas in stories and then, of course, you embroider it a bit and play around with the language, but, but the main idea was um, there straight away, yeah. In right. fact, I have to tell you a funny story about Joni. When she came to stay and you know how cats just disappear and in the story I play it down and she she's somewhere, well, I couldn't find her anywhere and I really worried that um, something had happened to her or she'd slipped out. And Miriam was living in Warrigal at the time and she'd been to stay. And I was worried that um, maybe she'd packed Joni in her sports bag by mistake that she'd gone to sleep in there. So I rang her while she was on the road and I made her stop and check her back to to see that Joni wasn't in there. She wasn't too happy with, with me. A few hours later, Joni wandered out. I don't know where she'd been. <laughs> yeah, it's a new environment for Joni. Yeah. And uh, that's why I related to maybe going somewhere else. And, 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 and if you don't have that sort of uh, uh, strength to come out and, and be ready to see something, you would hide. I would hide. Yeah. and And also... Um, from my perspective, you've got to be careful that you don't rush that relationship and you've got to be patient and, and, and um, coax them out. And that, that's like that with children too. I mean, you can't just sort of full on with a, a kid you don't know straight away. You've got to let them get used to you and build that relationship. So, um, yeah, there are things there, as you say, for little kids and ad adults as well. Yeah. I could see that car scene in maybe the movie... The movie version of Joni, where she's on the freeway and she's got to pull over and yeah, and I had visions of David and Cassie coming back and no Joni. Oh man, that's oh. the worst. You're right. That is a screenplay. <laughs> <laughs> Mum, you've you've been described by your friends as having an, an amazing drive for study and work, but this doesn't exactly go with the story of someone who failed their year twelve. Yeah, can you tell us how you went from failing student to PhD? Wow. <laughs> I was just immature and I, I don't think I knew what day it was. I was in my own little world, yeah, and I just didn't get it. Do you think that that was a good thing, like maybe that flipped it so that you were, you know, you were a hard worker? Look, I think underneath I always had this determination, yeah, but um, mm. that sort of shook me that year. You can't imagine what it's like having to go back and repeat in an elite Jewish school where everybody's successful 
right. and you come back the following year as one of the dummies who didn't <laughs> didn't make it. It was a hard year. Did it give you a chip or something like that where you felt? It didn't give me a chip, but it made me very determined to um, do well. Yeah, which I did do the following year. It, well. it worked. It, it worked for you then. It, it actually it worked for you. It did work, mm. but it was it was difficult. It was it was very hard because I took it really to heart, and um, I made that year hard for myself in lots of ways because um, I sort of felt ashamed that I mm. hadn't hadn't passed. That was the environment I was in at the time. Right. Yeah. It's not every day that someone does uh, return at your age when you did to be successful and get a PhD. But that was later. So, I mean, after I I failed my, that year 12, I went back and repeated that. And then I I did go to university as as a, a younger person, you know, later. Because I just went back to school. It was difficult for me to get into the flow of things. And mm. there were actually young kids, like like 21 yeah. and 22, 19, and they were really, really quick. And here I was in the midst of all of them. <laughs> and, I, and I had to really be strong. So I can imagine like going back to university yeah. and yeah. going for a PhD. That is... Yeah. In, Yes. Yeah, the PhD, I was some um, 67 when I got my PhD. Okay. Yeah. I'll I'll and that was scary. That was really scary starting that because, again, you, as you describe, you know, you're with young people, but um, when you go back to um, academic study, that's different from what you've been used to. Uh, it's like learning a whole new language. I agree. And, um, <laughs> I didn't want but to say Let's try. It's, it's fearful, and then you have to have your chops up. But it doesn't really matter how old you are. I mean, I think um, really, you just go through life and 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 face the challenges. And I I, I think age is irrelevant in those things. I really do. Um, I was just listening to um, a podcast this morning about a guy in South America who was ninety seven when he got his master's degree. Because all through his life, you know, he lived um, in a poor village and he wow. he loved learning and so on, but he, he, he could never go to university until he finished work. And, and in the end, I think he was nine, 93 when he first went to university. And he's still going. It's incredible. Still, yeah. You can be held back by your age if you want to use it as an excuse, I think, but um, it shouldn't stop you from doing anything. That's my view. I think you just get better with age. You know, you sort of have all those experiences behind you. Billy, mm. you've had some success um, going on tour with some rap groups. Well, it, it, talking about that, I mean, it, these are very, very um, uh, uh, up there, like the Snoop Doggy Dog, uh, uh, the rappers, and, and, and they they came to Australia and I went on tour uh, for about uh, four weeks with them. And it was really, really a, a heightened level. It was up there. It was way up there. And I thought to myself, like, you know, how, how, where do I go next? Uh, what's, I can't go any higher than this. I'm with the elite rappers and I'm traveling on a plane with them mm. and I'm in hotels and I'm meeting all these famous people. And I thought to myself, well, where do I go from here? When you got your PhD, and how did you tell yourself, well, what do I do next? Where do you go from here writing this book? Every, every, it, it doesn't happen every day that somebody can sit down and write a book and illustrate it like you have. Well, the, the, there are two parallel paths because the PhD was more my work life and um the writing was more the the passion, you know, just the side interest that that came through um, from my teaching experience. Yeah, so I, I didn't connect the two really. I guess um, having the PhD um, led to f- more work, which allowed me to um, publish or finance the journey oh. work. You know. So it gave you a lot of confidence, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, to, definitely. To... How did you feel, though, Mum, when you, you know, along the way, uh, you know, if, 
I actually was doing the helping with the um, illustration of the book. Yeah. So I got to see, you know, a lot. And you definitely had some, you know, you felt a bit silly at times or that sort of thing. Yeah. Can you tell us about that? Well, because I had this image in my mind of what I wanted it to look like, but then I worried I wouldn't be able to do it. And then when I tried to sometimes explain to other people what was in my mind, that they didn't always get it. So then you question, you definitely question yourself. So that's where the challenge is, whether mm-hmm. you keep going or, or you, you, you give up and think, oh, what's this stupid woman doing worrying about this stuff yeah. and why am I putting that pressure on myself? But I couldn't let it go. It, it was sort of there and I just had to do it. I had to finish it. So was the biggest barrier to starting, was it the time to do it or it was the... No, it was the, conf- it was the belief that, that um, I, I knew I could do it, but then I worried about the technical side and then I worried about the industry and that's why I decided to self-publish it because I didn't want to be mucking around with, with other people telling me, no, you've got to do it this way or that way. I had a very clear picture of what I wanted in the end and I didn't want to compromise. And you can't argue with that final product now. Like someone in the industry might say, well, it's not like this and this, but there's a finished book, it's there. It looks as good to, to my eyes as, as if I saw that in yeah. a shop, I would think that that's... Yeah, although it evolved along the way, certainly, um, and your input, Ben, your technical skill, I couldn't have done it without you. So it's like working with an illustrator, you know, I know what I wanted it to look like, but along the way that changed at times and and we, we sort of negotiated that together. Most of the time we, we were in one mind, weren't we, Ben? I yeah, mean, absolutely. It was more Ben enhancing the images. In terms of the the visuals, no, I, I was, you know, I guess from my training doing video and working you know mm. it's your book what do you want you tell me what you want and tell me and you know i i i look at that book now and i can't believe that i'm i was like oh yeah i've got i'm i've helped create <laughs> this book so and it, we've had yeah. you know uh, albeit admittedly mostly you know family and friends on facebook we've had an amazing reaction extremely positive uh reaction it, it has been yeah it has been positive and, and so that's an, enough for me, even that, yes. you know, that, that people have seen what I, I wanted them to see Yeah, in the book. From an editor's perspective, it is a good book. It hits all the, the beats of, of a story, I guess. I mean, I know as putting a story together, which I'm doing, you know, a lot of the time, it, yeah. it does that. Well, it needs to have a rhythm and a repetition right. that kids can build their language on. But little children will repeat the rhythm of words and the more we can get them talking and extending their language, you know, they're well on the way to then reading. And and, because I know my little granddaughter, she she can um, say a lot of that already. She'll repeat because of the rhythm of the words. They repeat it. And you actually narrated in the video really, really (laughs) It really good. I was I was lulled in. I was like, oh wow, I'm I'm in. So you you really need to give kids think time, give right. them time to process and and absorb the story. Let them look at look at the pictures and 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 so they're making that connection. Then it's a beautiful book, and I expect yeah. it to do really well. You know, in, in time. You yeah, know. yeah, definitely. I I need to probably get an agent now and, yes. and get someone to take it round. Let's talk a bit about creativity for mm. the people because we like to talk about that or doing, you know, the difference between doing, you know, it's it's easy to come up with for some people the ideas and stuff, but what yeah. have you have you got any advice for people pushing through that barrier to get started? You know, what was the final straw that made you go, I'm doing this book now? Was it time? Was it the financial thing? Or was it getting through that? How did you get through that confidence? I think you just have to say, now's the time and I'm going to do it. Because if you don't, you never will. So it's a matter of starting, I think, and just sitting down. So initially I I, I wrote 
the, the first version of the story. And then I I went back every few days and you might adjust one word or another word, but all the time you're seeing what you want the end to look like. But I think once you start, you can't stop. It's like being on, a, on an express train. <laughs> you just have to keep going. Yeah. You've got to persevere, definitely. You've just got to um, say, no, I'm going to keep going. How did you feel with the video? You know, there's a lot of takes, but for me, that's every video. How did you feel? How did you feel pushing through? What was your? Oh, I found that very confronting. Very confronting, because I like to be in control. Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> and I wasn't in control. There yeah. it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> that's where it comes from, Billy. I was, I was. I was waiting for that. How do you stop the casting of doubt in your mind? It's one thing to say, well, you know, I, I want to keep on going and I'm going to knock this down. But there, there's times when there's doubt comes across your mind thinking, well, I may think this is great, but will people think it's great? Well, I th- this might sound arrogant, but I think you have to have a good sense of self and what you know you can do. So from a writing point of view for little children, because of my teaching experience and so on over 40 years or more, I know what's good and what isn't good when it comes to that. And and I remember one of my girlfriends, I was explaining to her how I was working on this book. And she said in the most, you know, she was trying to be subtle, I suppose, but she said, but how do you know it's any good? And I just said, I just know you know, based on my own professional knowledge of of reading to hundreds of children yeah. and so on, looking at hundreds of, of books and the way they're put together, I know what works and what doesn't work. And that's, I guess that's why I didn't want an external um, publisher telling me how yes. to do it. That's a very uh, empowering thought because I have the same feeling with doing my music. But then you have to live with it, Ben. If it doesn't work, you just have to, you know, you have to be prepared for that too. There is, but there is something to yeah. that confidence like, I, you know, I might not be the best at this, I might not be the best at that, but I know I can write well, yeah. like a music. Yeah. yeah. And that so gives you... Yeah. What if, if people don't have that and they want to do something, it doesn't have to be the best in the world, what can they do? I think if they love something, I think you've certainly got to be passionate about what you do. I really think, you know, and when I get an idea in my head, I mean, I can't even sleep. I just dream about it and think about it every minute. Even now, when I go for a walk on the beach and I see a seagull, because you know we're working on that seagull story, Ben. Yeah, the I've next got one. hundreds of photos of seagulls. Right. I will always take another photo and another photo and think, oh, well, I could manipulate those seagulls and, and, and Ben can add, copy them so there are ten of them sitting on the pole instead of one. And yeah. Always in your mind you're focused on, 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 that, on that idea So because you love doing it, I suppose. Okay. You just love it. That's so that's a good indicator. If someone's, you, you'll know because you'll, you'll be compelled to do it. You might not like doing it at times, but mm. you'll probably love doing it if that's not oh, cheesy. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember this, Ben, but um, I gave you kids just a few years ago a book each called The Element by... Um, yes. Yeah. It's on my book Ken, And it's about your passion. Ken Robinson. You know, Ken Robinson, yeah. about following your passion. And he's an educator and he talked about kids at school who who teachers thought they weren't successful or they should be sent off to a special school because they weren't tuned in and all this and that. And they ended up being famous choreographers or the creator of the Muppets because schools don't always tune in to people. But if, if you're passionate about something, it should be encouraged and nurtured in kids and in yourself as well. If you love to do something, you should do it. It's the process you go through. I think that's for yourself that that is the most affirming when you get to the end of that of that process and you and you can see how you've grown along the way how you've been challenged and you've 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 worked this and worked that and 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 you just come through it, it's a 
I think creativity is, is a process and, and you're always challenging yourself to get to that end point where you think, yes, that, that's what, what was the essence of what I was trying to do. So it's lovely when other people affirm that, but for me, that, that wasn't a goal, the affirmation from other people. It was for me just to do it. That is what the key thing is, is if you don't do something, you got no chance. So the whole point of mm. it, I hate to say it, but, but Nike says, just do it. If you don't do yeah. anything, nothing will be done. And if it, if it gives you some satisfaction and it enriches you as a person, that's, that's the most important thing, that you've grown as a person through doing that. I mean... I was just listening to um, someone talking about Helen Reddy the other day because she just passed away. And she was saying how many times people knocked her down and said she wasn't any good and she couldn't sing and and she just kept going and kept going because she she believed in in what she wanted to do. That's one of the reasons in the book too that I, I put that little explanation of what I was trying to do with the language because um, I, I wanted people to understand it wasn't just something that was churned out. It was something that had very deliberate intention. Oh, indeed. In, in every word. And yeah. indeed it did. Every, yeah. Everything was covered. So, Billy, the just do it, you know, I guess it's almost a cliche now, but that's sort of why we started this podcast, because our client, Mark, said he was doing a podcast he didn't know if anything's going to happen for it, but you just got to do it. You could, you got, you know, you can talk about it or you can do it, and yeah, and absolutely. that's and yeah. that's the difference. So the difference is is doing it, and then you work it out as you go. You've got to, I think, you've got to start doing it, and you you work it out as you go. You don't, you're never going to have everything, as Billy was saying with the Finding Nemo thing. You're not going to have all the answers at the start, and that's what's scary. Mm-hmm. But doing no. it, mm. Uh, mm. you'll always be able to find an excuse because mm. our brains are so good. Mm. Our brains are so good at, you know, problems. So, you know, they can solve the problem to not get started. So, yeah, yeah. It's always safe, isn't it? Not to do it and say, oh, I would have done that if I nah. had more time or whatever. You can always be safe. Yes. But, um, yeah, that, that doesn't always get you where you you want to be i think there's two things going on with what i can see now with the book there's the fact that you've created the book it is a good story it it's interesting for kids kids obviously like it because we've seen them reading it and wanting it read multiple Mm -hmm. times but then there's the secondary thing which is you know what the adults are mostly responding to which is the fact that you've done you've you've created something, you've done something, and that is probably inspiring to to everyone because they're like, you know, some, someone's done something, maybe I can do something in my life. Mm. Well, it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, some people create a magnificent garden or yeah. they paint. It, it doesn't matter what it is. I think as humans, we, we need an outlet that satisfies that that creative side that yearning that we have mm-hmm. and it's you know part of that being able to do that also is the pressures of life too because life certainly gets in the way if you're you know just working all the time and you haven't got time to think it's difficult yeah. it's difficult so that's why you need to grab those opportunities when you can and i have time now to do that so what's what's next for you? While I was working on Joni already, I've got three other stories that I'm working on. So um, you just keep going and you think, well, that one's done, but your your mind's already on the next one. Yes. And and and, and that's what, where my preoccupation is now. We're dry. But at the same time, I have to learn to slow down and, uh-huh. and enjoy the moment of, of this one. Because always oh. I'm looking ahead for the, you know, the next. That book is going to be around forever. <laughs> yes, yes, and and you, 
you've done it. it, it you have done it, Mom. You have you've done it, hmm. and uh, uh, yeah, you've done it. That's what's well, important. Well, I couldn't have done it without. I couldn't have done it without Ben. Of course, that so, is true, um, Billy. You know, we've done that together. Don't forget me, yeah. Billy. Yeah. I was a big I, help. So, yeah. of, of course, so you were. <laughs> that's that's and Ben had the the grueling part to do all the bits that are unromantic, where you sit in front of a computer for hours and. And you know, move. But for an me, image that was or, fun. It was yeah. fun to take a, you know, to help someone achieve their creative. Thanks. I was going to say, what did you? I mean, we talk about Brian a bit on this show. We love Brian and Brian's yeah. amazing. Hair. How did you find working with Brian? It was good to have Brian there because that confirmed that you weren't my Ben. You were somebody filming, you know, and d- doing okay. um, a professional uh, job. It was interesting because I was worried at times. I wonder what Brian thinks of right. all this to me. <laughs> what, what does he think? I'm pathetic and all this. And then in the end, I thought, no. I know what you're talking about. Brian. Because I work with Brian also. And, and, and his mannerisms are a bit uh, sort of not deceiving, but he doesn't really show a lot of... Uh, no, no, he doesn't give anything away. He's so. sort of bland. He just okay, yeah. Uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't give you a sign of anything. He's just he's just there. He's like yeah. He doesn't really have have an expression or an opinion on his face. So yeah. Um, so that's probably good because he's you know if he's doing that all the time you know he's, he's very good yeah. create. He's very good creative. Yeah. You know, he he spoke to me about the filming. You know, every time I told him about it, he was saying how good it was and how, you know, it's a good story mm. and how, you know, you'd resonate with kids and stuff. He's very encouraging. And I think because as well, he's yeah. a bit he's a bit older. He's got the experience as well. Yeah. It's probably, yeah. Yeah. you know. And he just came in and did it, didn't he? There was no nonsense yeah. or anything. He just... That's Brian. Set everything up and yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gone on with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mum, thank you so much for joining us on Roadie, the Billy and Ben podcast today. And I think it was really, you know, amazing that this podcast really, it's giving us a, a facade almost to have a conversation that we would, might not ever happen, you know, otherwise. Mm. And I think yeah. I've learned a few things about you and myself. I think it's been, you know, a really fun chat for me and I hope for you as well, Billy. And you Yeah. Mom. Thanks well, a lot. Been... Thanks for having me and nice to meet you, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> it's great that we were able to uh talk about your accomplishment. And uh, if people want to go just go and watch the video. Go go to grannyjudystories.com. Mm. Have a look at the video. And if you like it, you can purchase the book. There's a link uh, on the website, um, it might be nice, but yeah, have a look at the video. Maybe share it with some people. Um, if you want to see the sort of work that I've done, that's that's a great example of it. GrannyDutyStories.com, and uh, we'll hopefully have you, Mum, back on for the next book. Okay, thanks a lot. Can't wait. Now, Billy, where can our guests? find us well they've already found us they basically what we need to do is we need we need some reviews do we need reviews yeah do we have any or just send it to someone else i mean the reviews are good but sent look send this podcast to someone else who might you might talk to occasionally and you can just be like my friend's doing this podcast and they've asked me to send it on and that way we'll get more listeners because, Billy, the last episode we had like another, you know, I think it went up by like 20%. So we'd like to thank everyone for sharing and listening. You can rate and subscribe on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Actually, Google Podcasts, forget it. It's crap. Go to Apple, Apple. Podcasts or yeah. nothing, seriously. At all. Yeah. Go- now we've got a Gmail address. We don't know what it is. It's billybenpodcast at gmail.com. And we also have an Instagram, roadie underscore billy and ben podcast. So follow us on 
there or on Instagram, Rody underscore Billy and Ben podcast. Just add us on Instagram. I don't know why. I don't know. Why are we asking people to do this? I've lost all perspective. Because we, this is, this is the bottom line, everybody that's listening to us and has listened to us. We have done an exceptional job and we really want to fly now. Um, we've got our podcast together. I've got my sound together and Ben's moved to a new place. I moved to a new place and we're ready to soar. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you on the next show. The next show is our big season finale, episode 12. And we're actually going to have on the man that made us start the show.